And thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's message of hope on KBOR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 14.90 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. We hope that this week's message helps you grow in your faith and share God's love. This week, our senior pastor, Dave Yonker, starts our new sermon series, Blueprints, Sketching Out an Unexpected Life, with scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1-10. through 10 titled Quiet. Stay tuned after the message for music and to learn more about First Christian Church of Burlington. Will you pray with me? In the stillness of this place, we stop and listen for your voice, O God, for you speak and move among your people today. Your creative spirit stirs us to imagine a world patterned after your kingdom, where expectations are confounded, hopes are met, and your dream is a reality. Your Son proclaimed this coming kingdom, and we pray today it be lived here on earth as it is in heaven. But we know it is not here yet. We are exposed daily with reminders of the fallen nature of this creation, the momentary distance between the way things are and the way they are supposed to be. We become overwhelmed with all of the strife, all of the chaos, all of the pain, and so we retreat into our enclaves of safety. Forgive us, Lord, when we plug our ears and think your voice is rare these days. We are here, though, Here in this place because we know of your boundless grace which forgives before we ask for forgiveness. We are here singing, praying, listening, worshiping together. We are here because someone laid the groundwork. We give you thanks, Holy One, for those people who helped tend the soil of our souls so the seeds of faith which you planted in us flourished. Bless those in our community and in your church who labor to pass on your story, our story of faith, to the generations which follow. Help us, O God, as followers of Jesus, to multiply all that you have given us, to risk spreading your word and perhaps seeing it misunderstood, to gamble by loving those whom others think worthy only of hate, to take chances by doing good to those who have not done good to us, Help us be faith-filled and desire to increase your glory and your goodness in this world. Make us people who share in both word and deed that which you have given to us. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture comes from the book of 1 Samuel. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Here begins the reading. 
Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel! And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord yet, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your Lord, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In our house, one of our favorite television shows is Fixer Upper. Maybe you've seen it before. It's on HGTV. It stars Chip and Joanna Gaines, who renovate and flip houses in the towns surrounding Waco, Texas. Chip and Joanna Gaines have built this huge and massive empire of all kinds of things. They have a restaurant. They have a magazine. They have a cookbook. They each have, a, have their own autobiography. They have t-shirts and they have merchandise. They have, they have pots and pans and they have coffee mugs and plates. They are literally everywhere. Everywhere. So much so, it is, it is in that kind of annoying kind of way that you're almost tired of them being everywhere. But you also wish that you could be their friend because they seem so cool and so easy to be around and so simple, simply authentic. And so on their show, which ended its long run of seasons just recently, it is set up like a formula every single week. At the very beginning, they meet with a couple and decide on which house that they are going to fix up for them. Joanna does all the behind the scenes design work, the updating of the kitchen and the bathrooms and the restrooms and all the landscaping and all the yard. And then Chip does all the demolition work all the way until the finished product is finally done. And when they are done, they have this huge screen kind of thing that is there in front of the whole entire house that pictures what the house used to look like. They make the family stand on the other side of the screen so they cannot see their new house. They close their eyes and they finally ask them at the big old resolution, are you ready to see your fixer upper? And when they say yes, they roll the screen away. It, 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 it's like resurrection morning with a tomb being rolled away and out comes Jesus on Easter morning. They roll the screen away and there in front of their eyes is their new perfect fixed up 
house. It is a thing to behold. They're so happy they are crying. The music swells to a huge crescendo. Everyone is overjoyed at the excitement at this amazing finished product. But the thing is, if you only tune in to like the last five minutes of the show, all you see is the finished product. All you see is how amazing the house looks from the outside, how everything is in place and there are zero amounts of clutter on the inside. There is no dirty laundry. There are no half-read newspapers on the table, no old homework sitting on the couch, no socks lying on the floor. All the beds are made. The flowers are fresh. Everything is perfect and everything is exactly so. If you only turn into the end, everything is perfect. And that's how it is with our lives. It happens to everyone. We compare our lives with someone else's life. And from the outside, it seems like they have it all together perfect. All their pictures on social media are amazing. All their children are above average. They're always well behaved. No one has any arguments ever in their house all the jobs are high paying, there is no stress, and all the cars they drive are always spick and span clean. There's never like dead Cheerios or pretzels in like the back seat from having young children. Their cars are always as clean as can be. And from the outside, it looks amazing and easy. And so we compare our life to their life, and we think, I wish I could be like them. And it even comes to how we live our lives of faith. And so we're starting a new sermon series today called Blueprints. We're going to talk about sketching out an unexpected life, about finding God working on things, not just on the outside, not just with like the finished product from the show Fixer Upper, but finding God underneath, below the surface, in places that you may not expect. It's going to be great over these next few weeks. We're going to be following the story of Samuel and David from the Old Testament, diving into some books in the Bible that we don't often spend too much time with. And so we heard the beginning of the story today in Samuel's call to lead from 1 Samuel. Now, as we've already noted today, if you were here last week, then we talked about Isaiah's call to lead and to preach. And if you were here, you know that when Isaiah heard the word of the Lord, God came to him in these six winged, crazy, scary beasts that were filling the temple and they were shaking the whole entire place. The whole temple was filled with smoke. And for Isaiah at the beginning, God coming to him was like a bad dream, some kind of bad vision. It is loud and huge and massive. And so in comparison to Isaiah's, Samuel's is the exact opposite. For we heard the reading a moment ago. The story says that the word of the Lord was rare in his day, and people had not seen visions of God in a while. And so one night, the story says, everyone had gone down for the evening in the temple. And it was quiet. And in my mind, when I hear this passage, I can hear what it would have sounded like in the temple there. 
It's like one of those nights at your house when it is so quiet that every creak or thump sounds like it is a 500-pound boulder crashing into the side of your house. It is so quiet that the trains in the distance sound like they are running through your kitchen. All the crickets and all the sounds of the summer are turned up as loud as they can go. Everything is quiet and still. And the story says Samuel is lying down in the temple. When suddenly the sound breaks because the Lord calls. Samuel, Samuel, he says. He has no idea what's going on. And so the story says he runs to the old priest Eli because he thinks maybe Eli has called him. Something must be wrong. But Eli says, it's not me. And suddenly it's like the voice from the Field of Dreams movie calling to Kevin Costner out in that Iowa cornfield. If you build it, he will come, the voice says. Samuel, Samuel, the Lord calls on three separate occasions. When he finally realizes what is happening, he says, You have my attention. Speak, Lord. I will listen to your voice. I am ready and willing. Out of the silence and stillness and quiet, the Lord calls. Now, I love this passage. It's one of my favorites. But let me just say, let me just name that sometimes it is hard to carve out space in our lives like Samuel. Because the world in which we live is so loud. I was reading a couple years ago about this guy by the name of Bernie Krauss. He records nature sounds for films and for television. And he was saying that in the year 1968, in order to get one hour of natural sound, like no trains or cars or phones or or, or anything else, just simply natural sound, it would take 15 hours of recording time. But he was saying that in today's world, to get one hour of undisturbed sound, it will take him over 2,000 hours of recording time. And this interview was from a few years ago. It has to be worse even today because there's always a ding or a buzz or like a white noise of some television on. We are never alone with our thoughts for a spare moment because we pull out our phone and we mindlessly scroll and we get sucked into the vacuum that is social media. The world in which we live is loud and busy And when there is a silent moment, it makes us shift in our seats and makes us uncomfortable thinking that something is wrong. There isn't much time when we are silent, waiting for the Lord to come like Samuel, waiting for God to speak. Because if it isn't noise around us, it's noise inside of our head. But every once in a while, we put things away We calm and quiet our soul, and we turn things down to wait. And we're praying for God to answer, and we pray, and we pray, and we wait. One of my favorite preachers is the Episcopal priest, Barbara Brown Taylor. She said that in her church, people would often come and ask her about why they couldn't hear God talking to them. 
They would come to her and say they had sincere prayers that they needed answers to. They needed guidance and help. And, and, and they came to her thinking that they were doing something wrong. Like maybe they had the wrong phone number for God. Like maybe God changed his area code or something. And maybe she, as their pastor, had some kind of special connection to God. And she could add a little extra weight into their prayers that were being unanswered and unheard. I mean, we love that verse from the, from, from the New Testament where Jesus says, Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open for you. And so we knock and we seek and we pound and we bang. And the scriptures say we will find, but sometimes we don't. The Lord is silent. It happens to all of us. I mean, it happens to all of us. I love the assurance and I love the faith and the confidence that all these passages bring us I, I, because I believe that God hears us and calls us. I believe with every part of my being that God answers our prayers. I believe that God is good and active in our lives. I believe that God doesn't play games with us like he is the man behind the curtain and like the Wizard of Oz pulling our lives like a whole bunch of levers. I don't believe that God works that way. Like I believe that nothing we can do can, can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. And we may be convinced at times that God is absent or, or, or bad things happen because God doesn't care to teach us some kind of lesson. And I don't think that's the case at all. But sometimes it is hard to hear. We knock and we knock and we wait. We don't have it all figured out yet. I don't have it all figured out yet. But let me tell you what I'm working on. My favorite verse from the Bible here recently has been 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. It's my favorite verse. You can steal it if you want to. It can become your favorite verse. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. It has been working on me. It has been rubbing me, making me look at life different and see God in new and better ways. Because in the world in which we all live, amongst all the sound and ding and buzzes, the call is always there to be somebody amazing, that we should do something powerful and something relevant, that like second place is like the first loser and like we should always stand out in the crowd, that, that they, because this is the world in which we live, this verse has been sitting on my desk reminding me of the life of Christ. Because I've been wondering that, that maybe we could hear the voice of God better if we found God moving in the quiet places of life. Like seeing the face of Christ in the people that we work with and those whom that we worship with. Maybe we see the face of God inviting a coworker to lunch and simply listening and visiting. Maybe we find God in the small parts of life like taking out the trash and staring out the window while you do the dishes. Maybe it's reading your kids a book and helping them with homework. Maybe it's donating clothes to Goodwill or like a thrift shop. Maybe it's bringing canned goods here to church so we can give them away to people who are hungry in Burlington. Maybe it's visiting somebody who's sick in the hospital. 
rather than making it our ambition to put on a great big show that will end up in the news, that making everyone wish that they could be exactly like us, we live a simple and quiet life where the noise and the din and the pressures of the world turn down. And strangely and suddenly, the presence of God may appear. Not that God has been distanced or absent. It seems that God likes to play cool, residing there below the surface. And isn't that it? Sometimes in the Bible, God shows up like Isaiah with those six-winged flying beasts scaring the pants off of him, shaking the whole place, filling the temple and the sanctuary with smoke. But more often than not, God is in the still and small voice, the small acts of grace and kindness that we offer to our neighbors. For God lives there if we only take the time to notice. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town, in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a church home or looking to find a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time, we hope that you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We have two services every week. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m. and features old-time favorite hymns and a wonderful anthem by our chancel choir. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 and features our amazing band and music that you hear from today's Christian radio. Both services offer a hope-filled and challenging message for today, activities for youth and children of all ages, and open communion for all who believe in Christ. There is no better way than to begin your week with worship, so I hope you will join us. You can find out more information by going to our website at www.burlingtondoc.org, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Burlington DOC. We hope you have a great week and share the love of God with someone today.
Thank you. 